Good evening, everyone. I am Darian Aaron, Communications Director of the Counter Narrative Project and Editor-at-Large of The Reckoning. We are thrilled that you've decided to join us for this special program commemorating the legacy of Second Sunday, an organization that was created to save the lives of Black, gay, and bisexual men in Atlanta during one of the most difficult times in our community's history. Over the next hour, we will reflect on the people, the challenges, and the triumphs of an organization that has left an indelible mark on the lives of Black, gay, and bisexual men in Atlanta and beyond. Poet and activist Essex Hemphill once said, I want to start an organization to save my life. In the early 90s, Second Sunday was Atlanta's answer to Hemphill's call. But now I'd like to introduce our moderator this evening, Mr. Justin Smith. Justin is the director of the Campaign to End AIDS at Positive Impact Health Centers, where he works with community partners to develop and implement strategies to bring about an end to the HIV epidemic in Metro Atlanta. He currently serves as a member of the Presidential Advisory Council on HIV AIDS. And for the last 20 years, Justin has worked in a variety of capacities in LGBTQ health and HIV research. Previously, he worked in the Division of HIV AIDS Prevention at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the Division of Infectious Diseases at the University of North Carolina School of Medicine, and at the National Alliance of State and Territorial AIDS Directors. Justin holds an MS in Behavioral, Social, and Health Education Sciences from Emory University and an MPH in Health Behavior from the Uni University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and an AB in Sociology and Community Health from Brown University. Justin, the floor is all yours. Thank you so much, Darian. And thank you to all of you who have joined us tonight on this virtual stage. And I'm just so excited because uh, even though I was not in Atlanta when uh, Second Sunday was meeting regularly, it has become part of the legacy of the city that I now call my home. And I'm so excited to be able to reflect upon the legacy of Second Sunday with four of the people who made it happen. So with me tonight, I have four illustrious panelists who will be here tonight to discuss the legacy of Second Sunday. So. First, I'd like to bring to the stage Mr. Anthony Antoine. Anthony is one of the uh, kind of most creative folks that works here in our Atlanta community, singer, activist, just general man about town, but also serves as one of the facilitators of Second Sunday. Next, we have Mr. Eulester Douglas. Eulester also served as one of the co-facilitators of Second Sunday and works uh, in a variety of capacities here in the Atlanta area, most notably with the organization Men Stopping Violence. Next, we have Craig Washington. Craig is just, I, I, Craig is like adopted him as my big brother, uh, just a brilliant scholar, writer, activist, just jack of all trades that we are just so happy and fortunate to have still working and doing the damn thing here in Atlanta as he has been for many years. And last but not least, we have one of the 
found the founder of Second Sunday, Dr. Maurice Franklin, who has also been uh, a friend, mentor, and big brother to me for many, many years, um, and has really played a pivotal role in my own development as a Black gay man. So I'm really excited to be sharing the stage with all four of these amazing community leaders. To get us started, I have a question for you, Dr. Franklin. As the founder of Second Sunday, I'm curious as to what inspired you to found this group? What inspired you to found Second Sunday? First of all, uh, hello, Justin, and hello, everyone on the panel. Um, Justin, as you remember, it was about 20 years ago today that we were deeply involved in a project uh, for Black Gay Men and had focused at Brown University. So I just want to mention that in terms of the arc of, of work where you have uh, ascended since uh, those days, 20 years ago. And thank the Counter Narrative Project for all of its work in curating uh, this Remembrance for Second Sunday. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, where I was at that stage in my career, I had just um, really moved to Atlanta. And I was working with SCLC and beginning to feel more isolated in, in the work that I was doing. I felt isolated as a black gay man working in HIV and AIDS um, within my own community. Um, and I felt isolated uh, from the community at large, uh, you know, in terms of the bias um, around HIV and AIDS. And I wanted to kind of create a community. I was looking for a way to not only save myself, but to to save my friends, I had already, you know, in, by 1990, I've seen many of the, my classmates that I went to college with already had died. And so I was looking for a place that I could save myself. And, and the idea of Second Sunday um, evolved from those losses and uh, meeting people and inspired by, you know, the work at, in New York City with gay men of African descent. Uh, that was part of the 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 that was sort of the catalyst for what I created, or attempted to create in Atlanta. Thank you for that, Maurice. So uh, I want to get everybody else involved in this this next question. Um, and so it's a simple question. So, or maybe not so simple. How would you describe what Second Sunday was and what it meant? So um, anyone can start. I'll start. Um, I think of Second Sunday. Second Sunday was a blessing for us, a gift that Black gay men, we gave to each other. It was part support and discussion group, part a workshop space, social mixer. Um, let me see, uh, advocacy and leadership training space and place of worship. It was a sacred space. It was an organization of support and cultural enrichment. Um, and I think it also served as a demonstration of our ability and our willingness to invest in each other in a way that was, it's not like it was unprecedented, but it was just too uh, rare and infrequent. And we needed more to, we needed to invest more in ourselves. And it was by us for us, it was exclusively black queer men. And I love that. I think that was part of the power was its exclusivity. So I'll, Stop there for now. I'll, I'll, I'll add to that. When I think of this question, I think of um, the intersectional traumatic forces of white supremacy, patriarchy, and heterosexism, and what that does 
to marginalized folks. And I think also in terms of overall wellness. And so when I think of wellness, I think of the necessity for healing spaces. And Second Sunday provided exactly that. Uh, among its many strengths, again, the, 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 the affirmation of self was a place to belong. I mean, I hold so many memories, I know we'll get to that later on, of just being in a space of 200 plus black SGL men coming together and that sense of belonging. So I think that's one of the things I think about. I think also um, to, to echo one of the things Craig said, just the absence of the white gaze, you know? There was no whiteness looking over, over us, so we had to look to it for affirmation. We had to look into each other's eyes, being each other's um, presence. It offered education. Lots of um, important discussion about topics that have affected our, our, our own lives. And so to me, that is what Second Sunday was about. It was about healing. And I know for me, and I've said it many a times, that was um, that period um, of my engagement with Second Sunday was one of the healthiest for me. I came directly from Grand Rapids, Michigan. And the idea of having spaces, any other time in my life, where you could have this many men who look like me, who, who, who identify as, as gay in the same space, loving each other, engaging with each other, is just so powerful and so grateful that we had that experience. I would, I would like to continue and add if I can. Um, Anthony Antoine, what an honor to be here and thanks to the Counter Narrative Project for hosting uh, this important remembrance. For me, Second Sunday, I said, uh, as is noted in the video, is a part of the journey that helped to save my life as a young black queer, I knew I was different. I knew I needed to find home and identity. And Second Sunday was a part of that journey to help me get there, help me to find out and figure out who I was as a black gay man, as a leader, as a person in community, as a person needing to be connected to other people like me. And it helped to heal that space of feeling so alone as a younger person, not knowing that we even existed. And then to realize that there's a second Sunday, a meeting space where we exist and it's for us, by us. And it just held the light to the possibilities of greatness that we could all be. And um, mm -hmm. I cherish the memories I have from second Sunday. It means so much to me. You know, that, Anthony, that was just the perfect segue. It was a space where you could just be, that it was okay to be different. And that difference was, and different was normalized. I mean, in Second Sunday, it was a space where everybody could be embraced and grow and hear different voices. You know, there are many spaces that we go into and we're not used to hearing our own voice. And Second Sunday was a space where Black gay men could come into that space and leave stronger. It was a safe space. Uh, it was a protective space. It was a supportive space. It was our sanctuary. Uh, I, I, it was absolutely our sanctuary. And, you know, that, I think that's why it's, even after all these years, people still get excited 
when they hear the word Second Sunday, because for so many people, it it's, it says, you know, strong, pride, powerful, be brothers who were just allowed to be and to grow and to evolve. So, yeah. I am. Um, I. I wore this shirt, so counter the narrative, right? Um, and in honor, I want to first, I also want to echo just the, the, my gratitude for um, the men, the brothers of Counter Narrative Project uh, for making this happen. I, I just love y'all and, and I'm, I'm so grateful for the work that you do. Uh, and I think that it also applies this, this line, which is so powerful and so relevant for us as black queer men, right? To counter the narrative, because Second Sunday yes. counter the narrative, the counter the narrative that we, the, the, the negative narrative, the limiting narrative that we had to go outside of our community mm-hmm. to find what we need. We had to seek it from heterosexual black folks or white uh, queer folks when we had it. You know, there are so many, there are meetings where just countless infinite connections, people connected with uh, a lawyer. They, they, you go to a second center, you might've found an accountant, a doctor, a date, a good Judy, um, a relationship long-term or, or tonight, hookup, what have you. It was there. And it also served as a public black gay men's entity. So we worked, operated in collaboration with other organizations and entities that were there before us, you know, um, and there's connections with us and say ALGA, uh, Speakfire, uh, you know, just throughout that landscape. It was just an amazing uh, demonstration of black queer brilliance. Thank you for everything that you all have offered here. And I wanna hold that and I wanna, I wanna kind of connect uh, and extend what you were just saying, Craig. I think that, you know, one of the things that I'm curious to learn about, and I think many people in the audience are curious to learn about, is, you know, you talked about how Second Sunday was part of this larger ecosystem of activity that was happening in the Black gay community. And as we all know, um, one of the largest health crises that faced us as a community that still continues to face us is HIV and AIDS, right? Um, We are sitting here 40 years after the first case reports that came from uh, CDC, although we know that um, there are folks that were diagnosed before that. So I'm curious to know, you know, how do you sort of frame Second Sunday and think about Second Sunday in the context of this broader HIV AIDS movement history? Kind of what is Second Sunday's place in that historical arc? I'll, I'll say, I'll start first. And I'll, I think that uh, Second Sunday's place in that is seminal uh, into, in, in terms of, into the development of strategies and programs and sort of the support network that was created out of Second Sunday. So it is seminal in, in the history of the, the HIV AIDS epidemic. Uh, what we created in Atlanta during that time period, uh, we created a network of of brothers who were researching, you know, bringing new information into the space. We were sharing with each other. We were encouraged. We, we were our own support network and research group and study group. And we were bringing all kinds of information with, within our group. We were trying to save each other's lives. And, and so there was nothing that wasn't on the table. And uh, I think that the work that we created created a web uh, and, and impacted 
other cities around the country. I, I think in its in its creation, it created networks throughout the South, networks of, of brothers throughout the South who were begin to identify uh, openly or or engaging with the work that we're doing to begin to, to share and save the brothers' lives in, in other communities throughout the country. So it's a seminal um, creation and organization. I um think, yeah, I think if I can add, Anthony. Yeah, I think I can if I uh, can add to that. Um, in my journey with Second Sunday, I I worked at Eight Atlanta, and then of course Arca. And two things I just want to point out is just this idea of both of those organizations that I was paid to work at supported my work in Second Sunday, and I think that was such a necessary. Um, support because here it is that both of those organizations needed to outreach to Black gay men. And here it is, Second Sunday was a network of Black gay men, but you didn't want to just go and test there or offer testing. Literally, the support of me and other workers at Aid Atlanta participating in the discussion group was a way to um, show support and have access to do the work that we needed to do. I coordinated HIV testing events at Second Sunday, literally. And I know of groups of men that learned their HIV status together, maybe not at the actual Second Sunday group, but got tested together, came in and got their results. Remember we're thinking before quick testing and uh, I've been a part of many versions of Second Sunday. So it was just really crucial that um, as the largest uh, black gay men's group that these organizations wanted to have access to, that there were many workers that were supported in doing, you know, discussion groups and not just HIV work, because we knew that it was important in order to do the HIV work, we had to have a safe space, have those discussions, being able to meet and have food and talk. And as Craig noted, sometimes maybe it was friendships that would last a lifetime or even last for a night. But all of that was important in doing the work to support um, a journey in, in, in HIV, whether it's learning your HIV status and, and that journey of being positive or what it would take to remain negative. That was definitely facilitated through Second Sunday. Um, I think it, it, Second Sunday offered and stands as a very a highly collaborative and community-centered model for HIV prevention and advocacy. So um, we were connected to, we enrolled, uh, we had an AIDS walk team. Um, we would connect folks and promote um, AIDS education events like Operation Survive before it eventually shifted to Thrive. Um, in the mid nineties, um, the AIDS 101 seminar, uh, we participated uh, and Dr. John Peterson, our, our beloved brother, uh, engaged us in his work and his research and was, was a highly supportive partner. Anthony, as you mentioned, with ARCA, we were, we were engaged with them. Um, Adoni Muse, uh, uh, the Gay Negro Ensemble, self-titled Gay Negro Ensemble, performed uh, content from John Peterson's research in Burning From Your Touch for a Second Sunday audience. They also, and this also speaks to the creativity and ways in which we talked about HIV and we educated brothers. Uh, we had an uh, HIV Safe and Sex Forum with a live uh, condom oh, demonstration yeah. model. 
Ciao. We'll, we'll say more about that later. And we also had Dr. Edith Biggers bringing on her, her, her knowledge. You know, we had different ministries going on there. Um, one of the examples for me that stands out is uh, there being this uh, presentation of dramatization of the silence and the, the, the lack of communication between partners. So it was a, a, a dramatization of two men engaged in sex and their thought bubbles and, and Adoti Muse is narrating their thoughts and their justification for not having condomless sex. Creative stuff, you know, just, just amazing in its creativity. But I think what's most important given what we didn't have, it provided a space for black gay men to share their fears, their anxieties, talk about their, their grief, their loss, um, you know, cause it was happening within the circle of Second Sunday. Brothers were dying. We were making announcements about brothers either, either being on their deathbed or uh, talking about how they were funeralized and heterosexualized at their funeral. And so we were there at a critical time, different aspects of our experience with, with AIDS. Yeah, I also wanted to add that there was a, a um, that came out of Second Sunday members. Uh, there was an all-black uh, gay volleyball team that played all around the country, which I was a part of. And many of those, those members, the, uh, the name of the team was called Eclipse and Lunar Eclipse, the first uh, national black gay volleyball team. Some of those members, including myself, came out of Second Sunday. So we were the spectrum of brotherhood. There were, I was so glad to have older brothers, you know, for the first time in my life, having older brothers. A second Sunday offered that kind of experience, you know, people to, uh, to check you, people to hold you accountable, people to, to lift you up when you've fallen, people to cheer you, people to hold that mirror in front of you so that it was that kind of a brotherhood, people that you could trust uh, when, they, when they chastised you because they were chastising you in love. So this it created uh, so many different spaces and there were so many different tentacles that came out of uh, Second Sunday. Yeah, not not much to add, um, Craig. I know you said we'll get to it later on, but I remember that moment, Craig, when we did the live condom demonstration. I mean, I I think of the boldness of Second Sunday, right? I mean, you can go the traditional way, but here it is. I think we were really countering, you know, the sh any shame around our sexuality, and yeah. just say, hey, let's do it, because we we, we didn't mm -hmm. want to assume that everybody know how to put on. A condom, and they was live. I, I remember sitting in that room thinking, "No, this is not happening." You know, it was bold. I've never seen, heard anything like that, and that memory sticks to this day. And it led to, uh, you know, that healthy conversation after the live demonstration. Yes. That is what, again, Second Sunday is about: boldness, leadership, daring to go there, um, where so few have gone before. Yeah. Wow. So I, I'm just really, every time, and I've been on this journey of really learning a lot about Second Sunday over the last several months and being in conversation with you all um, about your individual journeys in this process. Um, and every time I just get really excited and inspired by the stories that you tell. Um, and so that leaves me with the question of, you know, what do you think that Second Sunday and the way that it existed when you all were involved 
how is it really instructive for our current moment? So what do you think Second Sunday can teach and offer to current Black gay organizing, Black queer organizing, Black SGL organizing, just the work that is taking place within our community today? Um, and, you know, as an extension of that, what do you all see as the legacy uh, of Second Sunday uh, in that regard? So um, anyone can begin to dive into those questions. I think it, 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 it illustrates what is possible. I know with the advent of social media and, and technology, there's a lot that happens in, happens in that space. And I can't speak responsibly to it because you know, I'm not on social media at all. But what I hear over and over again, even for those who are engaged in social media and those who are younger, still a longing for, the, for touch, for in-person connection, to belong in a more meaningful way. Um, even those who are well-connected to social media talk about the emptiness of it, that it's not real. And um, the Second Sunday experience, I think, has lessons including that it is possible to have that level of deep, meaningful connection within the context of, you know, of, 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 of community, in-person um, community. And, um, and so much of what's been discussed, I mean, it would be a repetition, and it is really possible to do that and, 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 and that there's a lot of healing and, and so many other benefits that, that, that come with it. I think for me, that is the main thing in terms of what is possible. And what is clear again, is I'm hearing over and over and again, we need it, we need similar spaces. And um, so many people have not had that and have no sense of what the, those possibilities are. So I think Second Sunday, this is kind of a blueprint about what is possible and it's still relevant in 2021. Yeah. If I can, I would take a leap and say, as I'm so honored and proud of the work that the Counter Narrative Project does. But for me, someone who has been in Atlanta, you know, for 20 plus years, I believe that Second Sunday held the light to organizing and even just the connections of friendships. That is the legacy of Second Sunday, that I'm still friends with Charles Stevens, who now runs the Counter Narrative Project. And I believe Second Sunday was a part of his journey. Um, of course, there were so many other parts of that journey, but we wouldn't be having this conversation like Craig and I are friends, have been friends since then. Adodi Muse, I got to mention Malik and Duncan and Maurice Cook and just so many people that because of Second Sunday, it gave us that space to really connect in a deeper way. And the legacy is that we are all still friends. And there are people that move in spaces that say they don't have very many friends, but because I landed in Atlanta and connected to community, Second Sunday being a part of that journey, I moved from one hand to two hands and I have lifelong friends and that matters in a queer boy's life who really thought he was alone, but actually I wasn't. I think that the space created, um, the organizing of the space created momentum from week to week uh, and, that, and that it, that it grew in such a way because it was attracting people into the space who felt lost or were searching for community. 
and, uh, and outside of sort of the social media, you know, uh, you know, and I don't want to compare the two, but there was something about that family space that Second Sunday created that the momentum was able to transcend even other uh, um, sectors, you know, and that people, um, that, that the support that it, that it was able to generate uh, created a, a lasting family. Mm, such a such an important question. Um, I think Second Sunday, to a certain extent, was a, a like a, a so, an experiment that confirmed a hypothesis. Um, and I believe, and knowing you, Maurice, you had all faith. You knew, you know, without a doubt, <laughs> you carried it. You know, it's it's, and your faith was manifest. Um, that and and the brothers. Um, Archie, Archie Freeman, uh, Jafari Allen. I've got to name the, those, those folks who were part of that core. When I came in, I came in, I was at Lance McCready's house. I had had an argument with my, my then partner. Um, Lance said, well, child, you got to, you know, crash at Lance. Child, you got to go home. I said, yeah, 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 okay. I'll, I'll go. What you doing, Lance? Oh, well, I'm having a second Sunday meeting at my house. Why don't you stay? Second Sunday. Child, okay. All right, I'll go. I'll stay. <laughs> um, at that first, at that meeting, my first second Sunday meeting, they were talking about living with HIV. It was the first meeting, the first space where I shared my HIV status with people that I didn't know, because there were people there that I didn't know. That just, and so it, the, the poetry and the power of that timing suggests to me that that wasn't happening. I was supposed to be there. Um, and so I'm one who also just benefited very personally, very spiritually from Second Sunday. Um, the, uh, the hypothesis is that if you hold, build and hold space for Black gay men um, and earn their trust, enlighten and challenge, they will, you will have that trust and they will own it. And that's what happened. When I think about that steering committee, oh, that yeah. these men, you know, so you, you had coaches, we had a leadership structure but you had people that were leading and holding meetings and developing all kinds of activities that made Second Sunday run. Didn't get a plum nickel. Yeah. Maurice Cook, who is largely responsible for the face of, of, of Second Sunday through his creation of logo and flyer at the flyer at the flyer. Come on now, just yeah. an amazing experiment um, in terms of dem us demonstrating to our, each other our brilliance, our wisdom. I would say for to our now, particularly younger brothers, there's several lessons I'll <laughs> limit myself. One is that we need intergenerational space. Uh, that's, that's evident. And that was part of Second Sunday's power. Two, you don't have to be in no particular order. You don't have to be an AIDS organization or HIV organization or receive uh, AIDS money to teach and engage folks around their needs, particularly for Black queer men. You don't have to be that to go there. Be open to doing something that is original, that hadn't been done. Um, Maurice and the other brothers that helped, that, that helped Maurice birth this, they went out on a limb. There was nothing, that you, Maurice, you were inspired by a similar group that y'all that saw in DC, right? But what Second Sunday became, I hadn't quite seen, I hadn't quite seen it. I'm not saying it's completely without president. Nothing comes out of complete nothing. It's influenced by its, its pre-existing organizations and entities. 
But Second Sunday stood out and it took all of us, everyone that stepped in that room to innovate something that we needed. And, and that's our legacy. And I hope that we continue to share that with brothers who were either too young to have been there or just they might have been old enough, but they just don't know as a model, as an inspiration for what is possible. Charles, what I was inspired by, and Craig, what I was inspired by was uh, a meeting that I attended in Washington, D.C. What I hadn't anticipated was the brilliance that came to the room. I mean, there were so many brothers that came into Second Sunday that it was iron sharpens iron. And so it was just that kind of energy that it was, you had to let it incubate and grow because there were so many people with so many brothers with so many skills and so many brothers that had so many different needs that this organization just exploded. I mean, it was so much talent in the room and people engaged. People started a political action committee called CAD, Coalition of African Descent. Thank you, Jafari Allen, for writing those hot letters that we use all the time when we're sitting at politicians in, in the city. Um, and we had artists, but it was just so much talent, so many brothers willing and wanting to, to be seen and to be nurtured. That's, I think, a lesson that translates even, even in 2021. Wow. This is, um, I mean, I think for me, what I take away from what everything that you've offered so far is that Second Sunday really represented the best of what's possible when we believe and trust in each other. Um, and I think that that is certainly an enduring lesson that I think our community needs to, you know, continue to hold on to. Um, I want to do two things. The first, I want to just let everyone know that um, in just a few moments, we'll be sort of transitioning into a formal question and answer period. So I invite folks, and some people have already been doing this, to jump into the Q&A function uh, and put in your questions for our brilliant panelists here. Uh, we'll turn to that in a moment. So just wanted to make sure that folks are aware that uh, we will have a space to uh, pose questions to this brilliant panelist, uh, group of folks that we have gathered. Um, before we move into that space, I would love it if each of you could just reflect upon uh, a memory of Second Sunday that still stays with you to this day. Something that stands out to you um, that you want to share with everyone who's gathered with us today. Craig, um, <laughs> Craig why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I struggle because there's so many memories. Um, but one is calling me, and I need to say, and it's not the most, you know, it's not an example of the most profound work we did. <laughs> but it's just one that holds Second Sunday dear to me. And so, at least one of the brothers who are involved in this memory might be, be here, might be present. I hope they're here, and I hope that I, I do you well. Um, we were having a discussion. I don't remember the, the actual uh, focus uh, topic, but we had gotten to the point where we were talking about um, the impact of the closet, as it were, you know, in terms of closeted consciousness, living in the closet. Um, and there were, I'm sure there were other talks that we had about it, but it was a moment. And in this moment, one of the brothers said, as a way of explaining why he wasn't out, he said, well, what I do in my bedroom is my business. And I just don't wear it. I don't wear it on my sleeve. I don't believe in holding a neon sign. To which 
Carlos. Carlos, I'm forgetting Carlos's last name, and Carlos was one of the most, again, create Carlos. I think it's Carlos' idea to have the um, the live yes. uh, condom yes. demonstration. Yes. I, yes. So Carlos was brilliant and irreverent and charismatic, but he could, you know, he was, you know, he's a pot star. So when the brother says, and, and what I do in my bedroom is my business, and Charles and Carlos says from the back of the room, "Oh, honey, you can see it from an airplane," <laughs> and we went. And like, <laughs> oh, I remember uh, that. <laughs> yeah. So it was an example of how, at times, brothers were challenged. It wasn't always a very comfortable space for some brothers, depending upon where you were. And younger brothers, in particular, I remember that younger brothers were good at times. Were getting older brothers together about some of their their closetedness and trying to impose justification for closet. So yeah. Oh, Craig, I remember that one, man. I thought you were going to go with the Terrence Buford one. No, you can have that. <laughs> Second Sunday can. No. All right. This is really difficult because as Craig was say, saying, there's so many. I mean, when Craig and I get together, we talk, we just go down the list of these um, uh, incredible moments and have such a good time calling them. The one I want to share is you know, um, the topics committee was really quite central in a lot of ways because so many of the meeting, the meetings we had, there was always a topic to be discussed. And that really mat that mattered. And we did one on interpersonal violence, something we call domestic violence. Oh. Yeah, and that one stuck with me because A, that's a subject matter that I am very engaged with in terms of my work. And I it's not only because of the creativity, it goes another part of the feature of Second Sunday and what we, we offered, the creativity in presenting a very difficult topic. So we started out with a role play, right? Instead of the usual, here the facts about intimate partner violence within our, our communities, our statistics, all that, a role play that illustrated some of the dynamics and some of the questions and concerns about um, intimate partner violence. And then we froze the, the, the role play at times and invited the audience into questions, comments. So it was that dynamic. And then we finished we finish it and again, um, allowed for additional questions. Then we had a dance, two of our brothers. I'll just say Mike, Emma and Billy. I don't know if either one of them is on, but dancing to Bob Marley's Top ranking. Anybody who knows that song, it, it really spoke so much to some of the tensions, that tension between, anyway, it, 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 one of the, the verses in, in top <laughs> ranking was, they don't want to see us live together. All they want us to do is to, you know, kill, hurt one another, basically. And so Billy and Mike have this dance of showing the tension of of, 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 of the pull of wanting to be together and to love, but pushing away. It just beautifully mimicked the tension and spoke to the topic of intimate partner violence and our quest to really love each other. And then we close out with a piece from Pearl Clegg's um, The Good Brother. I think it was in Mad at Miles about what is a good brother. And so much of what Pearl spoke to, so many of us can identify with. 
And so I think in that presentation, it's so it it's really so illustrates so much of what Second Sunday was about. Again, the creativity, the brilliance, the engagement. And again, at that time, we had about 250 men in the room at that time who left there with better informed about the issue. A number of the men spoke to me afterwards who were struggling with the issue, sought help, educated. Wow, that is one of the memories that um, um, I'm thinking of right now. One of my uh, just favorite memories is uh, as a member of Cascade United Methodist Church when I started um, Second Sunday, that so many brothers from my church uh, began to attend the meetings. And uh, some began to host events at you know, for Second Sunday. Some, some of the meetings were held in some of the brothers' homes. But I want to speak in particular with one brother. His name was Buzz Holiday. And He's no longer with us, but we were sitting there talking one day and he started talking about the fact that he was a cheerleader at Kansas State University. And of course, anybody who knows me knows that I'm, I was a college cheerleader at the University of Oklahoma. I, so I said, Kansas State? He goes, yeah. I said, I looked at him for me. I said, you know, my uncle went to Kansas State. He played basketball. And when I was a kid, I went to visit him. And there were these cheerleaders that I met 11 years old. It was Buzz Holiday. <laughs> it was Buzz, a member of Second Sunday. And that was just... I'm like, wow, this is, you influenced me at 11 years old. And here I am, you know, much later in life, I'm meeting the brother that inspired me because I knew that he was different. <laughs> I was certainly different, but it just let me know that it was okay to be who I was. And my second memory was um, the, the blizzard of either 92 or 93. There was a blizzard in Atlanta and we called a meeting uh, at one of the parks, the place to, to have a snowball fight. And there were probably about 40 black gay men that appeared up in the park, all dressed up. We played in the park for four or five hours, snowball fighting, ended up at Archie Freeman's house. We cooked, we fellowshiped. Brothers had tarot readings, palm readings, coconut readings. We fellowshiped for the entire weekend. We did, And the blizzard was just... You know, it was just a way for us to get together again. It didn't take much for somebody to call somebody and say for us to get together. But that snowball fight to me still lives in my memory. And it just, and if I think about it, I get excited because the brother showed up. And to me, that's love. Craig, did you want to add a memory before we move into the Q&A? I think um, if I could add a memory real quick. Um, for me, yeah, um, thank you, thank you. Um, Maurice Cook stopped me in the middle of a sec, at the end of a second Sunday meeting. I was selling my CD, Dante's Got a Man Too. He said, I will support you, I love you, but how did you get someone else to design this cover? And it was at that second Sunday meeting that I realized that Maurice Cook was a designer, a graphic designer. He's designed every CD since. Mm. And I've put out 13. Mm. Wow. Oof. Well, this could go on for a long time, but I, I want to try to answer some of the really fantastic questions that the audience has offered. So um, I want to just hold some space for that. So uh, here's a question. Um, ooh, I love this. How did Second Sunday address Black gay men's tenuous relationship with the church and Islam? Anybody want to take that one? 
I guess I could jump in real quick because um, one of my other memories was going to be about, um, because that was always a hot topic at se Second Sunday. And one of my other memories that I was going to bring up was, I don't know, this is one of the later versions of Second Sunday, but Pastor Dennis Meredith, um, he actually came to a Second Sunday meeting and there were members of his church was like, why is he coming to this Second Sunday meeting? And part of the reason why he came was because he found it a safe space. And there were things that he said at that second Sunday meeting and, and, and addressing his own sexuality that he hadn't even addressed with members of his church. And so what I, I just wanna highlight, for example, that is one of the creative ways that we address having conversations about religion and Dennis Meredith feeling comfortable enough to come to us and speak and speak openly. I don't even know how much, I haven't talked to him in a while, but if he remembers that that would be a part of his journey, because literally there were church members that didn't even know some of the stuff that we learned in that discussion at Second Sunday that day. One of the things about, well, I'm a member of St. Luke United. I was a member of Cascade United Methodist Church and certainly inspired by Dr. Joseph Lowry, who was the uh, pastor there and president of SCLC. Um, there were, um, I think, teaching moments for me with, with Dr. Lowry and SCLC. It was about just social justice and inclusion, you know, working in the organization. I was always uh, reminded that if Dr. King had been alive, that he would certainly have embraced uh, the diversity and certainly believed that I had the same rights and benefits and, 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 and had the same uh, um, privilege in the church as everyone else had. And so, uh, so for me, Second Sunday was sort of an extension of community and of faith. There were leaders um, of faith communities that were members of Second Sunday, founding members of the of, of in terms of our first meeting, and who hosted uh, events at their homes. And so, faith was always a big part of that. Uh, as challenging as it was, uh, that that space was sacred enough to be inclusive enough to, be, to begin to help us to kind of unlearn some of those negative um, uh, traditions that had separated us from our community and from our faith. Um, it was, uh, uh, continues to be a big part of our community in terms of bias, but I think Second Sunday, I uh, was able to create a space where we could have those conversations about um, acceptance, accepting ourselves uh, and loving ourselves um, and you know, making those decisions that were healthy for us to get out of those spaces that were not loving us the way we deserve to be loved. Thank you for that. So the next question I would like to pose to the panel, are there archival records for Second Sunday? If so, where are they? And also are the panelists engaged in preserving their archival legacies? Could you, um, Justin, could you say the, the, the first part of that? I missed the first part of that, that question. Sure. So it, the question is just like, are there archival records for Second Sunday? And if so, where are they? Uh, and also, are the panelists engaged in preserving their archival legacy? Um, that is a great question. I know for me personally, I've, um, I've got all kinds of um, records, ephemera, uh, and I've been negligent <laughs> in terms of getting them uh, to a safe space. Um, 
but yeah, I have, um, yeah, I have uh, notes like, I may have it here. Um, this is a copy of it, but I have the original, a description of the executive committee, the steering committee, and standing committees, committees with people's names and <laughs> meeting times. So um, there is an interest, and I'm so glad that you shared that question because just in terms of this body, there's an interest and we need support. We need your support in helping to, to collect those um, because I'm sure that they're in other people's, you know, basements or, or files or what have you. I certainly have a number of different records, flyers for several meetings. Um, and we, we definitely need them to be archived, preserved and available for people to, uh, to people to study and see. Absolutely. And I think that for folks that are interested in that kind of work, um, when Darian comes back in a few moments, uh, he can let you know a little bit about the ways that we're trying to build that, right? So that's actually one of the activities that if you're interested in, um, that's a space where you can join us on this journey. Um, let's go to this question. And this is a question that is directed for you, Dr. Franklin. Um, so it says, thanks to all for sharing your wonderful reflection of an awesome and fantastic organization. Maurice, what organization in DC inspired you to initiate Second Sunday? Um, there were actually two, but the one in DC was Black Gay Men's Discussion Group. And I believe that they met on a Sunday and then there was also Gay Men of African Descent. And it may have been called, it was uh, Ira and Rick, an organization that uh, uh, Rick Irick, uh, I think I'm saying the name right, in Washington, mm -hmm. DC. But uh, but that was the, the sort of the inspiration uh, uh, around, they, they created a, a discussion group uh, uh, that they talked about a variety of issues. And when I was there one Saturday or Sunday night, I sat in there for an entire hour and said, you know what, we could do this in Atlanta. And I spent nine hours driving back from Washington DC in a Yugo, <laughs> you know, at the time, uh, thinking about how we could create uh, that kind of organization in Atlanta. Um, I think the first thing I did when I got back was to talk to Archie Freeman and he says, yeah, we can do this. We can do this. Uh, yeah. But it was yeah. it was that energy of seeing so many brothers because it was Morehouse Howard weekend. So there were so many brothers from all across the country in this one space um, in harmony, talking about issues that were important um, and about and that were that was affirming. And I wanted to create a space that was affirming, that would affirm me, that would create a family. Uh, and it just felt like a safe space. So that was the organization in Washington, DC. Excellent, thank you so much. Um, so there are so many questions in the chat that we won't be able to get to all of them. So um, what I'm gonna do is I just wanna like bring up for folks just kind of what is the energy, there's a lot of questions in the chat that are sort of thinking about what's next. And so, you know, is Second Sunday coming back? Will there be sort of another iteration of it? Um, and I think that well, you know, one of the things that Darren will talk about in a minute is that we're going to be on a journey to really remember Second Sunday um, over the next couple of years. And we want folks to invite, we want to have you join us on that. And, you know, I think the, the future really is not set, right? So I think that um, possibilities exist in terms of thinking about what that can look like. So, but there seems to be just in the questions, a lot of energy about 
kind of resurrecting and recreating um, the space, I think inspired by the stories that all of you have, have shared here tonight. Um, so with that, I'd like for us to kind of close out this section of our discussion. But before we do that, I would love for each of the panelists to just offer a word or a phrase that connects to a memory that you have of Second Sunday uh, before Darian comes back to bring us into the next uh, part of this evening. So um, I'll give folks a moment and then whoever would like to start um, can join in. Justin, you said a word or a phrase? A word or a phrase, just something that kind of uh, connects you to Second Sunday. Brotherhood. Brotherhood. It to a doty, we are here. <laughs> wow. Mm. James Baldwin, love takes off the mask. We fear we cannot live without, but no, we cannot live within. Mm. I think uh, life sustaining memories. I, I wow. want to throw Craig Craig Harris's, uh, I, we will be heard. We will be heard. Mm. Wow. Well, gentlemen, I just want to offer my deepest appreciation to each of you for the wisdom, love, and dedication that you have shown to our community tonight by your mere presence and just all you've offered tonight. Um, I know that I am full and I know that uh, the audience that joined us tonight is also full. Uh, and so thank you for just the legacy. Um, and I hope that, you know, speaking as someone that's coming from a younger generation, uh, I hope that we can continue and stand on your shoulders for what you have built um, because this is an awesome legacy to build from. And so. Thank you uh, for all that you've done and continue to do for our community. 